Hello everyone and welcome to Nice Today FC. I'm Josh Taylor and for today's episode our guest is the co-founder and vice president of Savannah Clovers FC, Brian Sykes. Brian gives us some insights on the latest developments from Savannah, Georgia as his club prepares to go pro in NISA in 2023. He also shares with us how he fell in love with the game of soccer and shares with us some ideas he'd like to see NISA try next. So let's not wait. Let's get right to it and enjoy the show. All right, hello everyone. I'm Josh Taylor, your host for NISA Today FC, and joining me is the co-founder and vice president for Savannah Clover's Football Club, Brian Sykes. Brian, thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Josh. How's it going? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. How are things going for you down in Savannah, Georgia? Yeah, they're going. They're going pretty well so far. Um, we, uh, of course, we announced that we would be joining uh, NISA NISA Pro uh, back in January. Um, so since then. Um, even before that, it's, it's been a, a steady buildup of of behind the scenes activity uh, for us, uh, getting getting ready to you know really really push into um, you know 2022 and then pushing again pushing into 2023. Um, so things are getting a little bit more busy, which is great uh, because it's a lot of fun. It's a big challenge. Um, we feel we have a, a big responsibility to represent soccer here in Savannah. Um, so we're pretty excited. We're 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 ready to go. That's great to hear, Brian. I was just curious, Brian, to know more about your background. How did you get involved in the game of soccer? Well, yeah, so I think my story is, you know, kind of unique, but, you know, not something that you would see different, you know, in the realm of, you know, U.S. soccer right now. You know, I, as a kid, I never played. Um, as a kid, I never watched. But... I had, you know, this life-changing moment where, you know, I really got into soccer for the first time uh, during the uh, 2006 World Cup. Uh, that's, that was really, really my first, you know, deep dive into soccer. You know, it was just one of those days where, you know, nothing was on TV. You know, I was bored and I came across the World Cup. It was something that, you know, I knew about but never really, really paid attention to or watched before. So I watched that World Cup, and ever since then, it's kind of been like, you know, soccer's been like a big passion of mine. So, you know, from then, from 2006, you know, I started to really, really do my research on it, really, really think about it, covered, you know, different leagues around, you know, the United States, different leagues around the world, stuff like that. Um, saw how it was structured, you know, in Europe and in South America versus how it's structured here in the United States. Um, and from there, I kind of figured, like, you know, you know why did why doesn't Savannah have have a team like you know why is it why is soccer structured a different way um, here than it is in Savannah than it is in in Europe in other places so I started to dig around some more I found more lower league soccer stuff in the United States and so just it just kind of felt natural like the idea was to you know stay in soccer and try to bring something here to Savannah yeah and I've heard so many stories about soccer in, in, in Georgia 
and how it's grown in in the not just Georgia, but I spoke to Jonathan Rednow earlier, and he's from New Orleans, but he was talking about how soccer grown in New Orleans and throughout the Southeast, and I'm sure in Georgia it's been kind of similar in that regard, especially with the success of uh, Atlanta United and previous clubs like the Atlanta Silverbacks and Georgia Revolution and now Savannah Clovers FC. Yeah, yeah, tremendous growth in the last couple of years. Uh, you know, yeah, you, you mentioned the Silverbacks, you mentioned Georgia Revolution, two, you know, two clubs that you know had an influence on us, of course. Um, even those, you know, NESL clubs, you know, that were, you know, in the Southeast too, um, had an influence on us. But yeah, soccer, soccer has very, soccer has grown so much here just in the last couple of years. You know, you in Atlanta United, of course, we see Charlotte launching um, this year in MLS. They're going to be bringing in seventy five thousand fans uh, for their uh, Major League Soccer debut at home. You see the success of Orlando City. You see what's going on in Miami. There's so much going on here. Um, what we want to do is we want to sort of capture that what's going on in Atlanta and Orlando, Miami, Charlotte. We want to sort of capture that and, and let people know here in Savannah that, you know, yeah, you guys may root for Atlanta United, but don't forget about your, your home team. You, you know, you have a pro team here starting in 2023. Everybody has a team where, you know, a, a team outside the city or a team on top of, outside the state. But at the end of the day, you know, to really, really support soccer, you have to like support all local soccer. Being able to bring a pro club to Savannah is just it's just an outlet for fans that want to feel that that connection that they have with Atlanta or Miami or Orlando or Charlotte. Having fans have that connection here in Savannah for their hometown team, I think that's very, very important, especially for lower league soccer. Um, it's something that should be supported. I'm right there with you, Brian. Uh, I've seen a lot on social media support local soccer. And we're not just talking like the pro teams, but like you mentioned, even the lower division soccer teams, whether it's USL, uh, NISA, NPSL, UPSL, whatever it is, you know, go out there and support your team. So I'm with you on that one. Let's talk about uh, a bit of, about your, your, your front office. I know Shane, uh, CEO of the team, has been – Pretty busy helping you guys out. I know we were going to plan to have him on the show, but he, he's doing things over in uh, South Africa at the moment. And then you also have uh, Jeff uh, Tiffel. Uh, he's your director of club development and communication. Now, when uh, Jeff came in, he, of course, had prior experience working with Major League Soccer and the National Premier Soccer League uh, before joining your club. Can you just talk about the impact Jeff has made on your club since he been with you since uh january 2020 yeah definitely yeah jeff of course like you mentioned jeff has um, a lot of uh executive soccer experience which is you know absolutely absolutely a great thing for us uh, having worked you know with and in major league soccer um having you know been being the managing director so to speak of um the npsl uh a number of years ago you know back when you know NPSL had the Silverbacks, you know, Asheville City, you know, big, big teams like that that were in the league, um, really, really pushing amateur soccer. Um, yeah, having ha ha Jeff with the Clovers is pretty amazing because um, he has he has this way of thinking about soccer that really, really sort of bridges, 
the gap between amateur and pro. Um, when he came on with the Clovers, um, after he left NPSL as director, he wanted to, you know, keep his hands in the amateur realm, so to speak, right? Um, and so we were fortunate enough that he saw our club, you know, our branding, our city as, you know, a major, major uh, um, potential professional team or, or a potential high-level elite amateur team uh, that he wanted to to be a part of and help grow. And, you know, it doesn't help that, you know, he's been to Savannah a number of times to visit. Um, that's a big help, too, in, in selling the city and selling the team. Um, so we're pretty fortunate uh, to have him around. And, and not only that, he's a, he's a great guy, too. Now, Brian, you uh, co-founded the club when it was founded in 2016. Why did you decide to bring a club to Savannah, Georgia? Well, yeah. Well, well. First, first, it was a, sort of an effort to you know get someone else to start a club. To be honest, you know, this all started with uh, First City supporters, a uh, uh, a little supporters group. I I founded, you know, I co-founded, sort of, um, sort of on. Not, I want to say on the back, but you know, sort of, sort of like how Sons of Ben did for. Um, Philadelphia Union before the team got there. So that was sort of the idea of saying, hey, let me see if I can replicate that here in Savannah. And then maybe someone who's interested in NPSL can see that there's a little fan base growing and, and, and you know, make an investment and bring a team here. Um, after a while, I sort of figured, like, maybe I should just do it myself or, or try to do it myself to, you know, expedite the progress, right? Um, so that's, that's where, you know, the formation of the Savannah Clovers came from. Um, from there... Um, I was able to link up um, with uh, a local coach here, uh, Phil Higgins. He and I became great friends, uh, building building the base of you know the Clovers, uh, going back starting in in 2016. So it's been you know it's been five years, five or so years. It's been you know a long road for for the most part. Um, but you know we're we're really excited, pretty excited about you know our future. You know I, I view this. I know U.S. soccer can be. <laughs> can be fickle sometimes. U.S. soccer can be, you know, stop and go, especially in the lower leagues, you know, but for me, you know, I view the Savannah Clovers as a, as a hundred year club. You know, I want this club to be around, you know, long after I'm gone. You know, I want to see this club go on and on and on, just like those teams in, you know, Europe and in South America have been around for, you know, 50, 60, a hundred years. Now, Brian, you mentioned about the love there for your supporters group. And we all know in, in, in soccer, there was no club without your supporters or your fans and people involved in the game that care about the club. I was just curious, the club's colors, logos and stuff, did the fans play a role into that? Uh, in, in, in the case of our logo now, uh, that was that was a project I had when I was starting to think about the club and starting an amateur club. Um, that's That was something that I came up with myself that was a process of really trying to figure out you know the best way to represent savannah through the colors um through the shape of the logo through a clover leaf i wanted to take all those things and put it together and really really um come up with a really nice logo that represents the team the club and the city um and then at the same time i wanted to decide something that would last for you know years and years and years without it having to be changed. Um, I think that's one thing about one thing about lower league soccer is that um, 
especially, you know, when it comes to, you know, our, our logos and stuff, I kind of feel like we have to be a little bit more careful about how we, you know, design our logos and stuff like that. Um, so that they last longer so that we don't have to necessarily change them a few years after, after we launch. No, Brian, I, I, I hear you on that one. And like they say, if it broke, don't fix it. And as we've seen in MLS, a lot of these, some of these teams have been rebranding lately. And as we can tell, some of them, most of them, to be fair, haven't gone very well. So, hey, the, the logo you guys got now, if you're planning to keep it for 100 years, I'm totally cool with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it, it, it happens. You know, the times the times change and, and sort of the, the appetite of the fan changes over time, too. And so clubs change their name, clubs change logo. Listen, it, it, it's, it's nothing that's limited to lower league soccer in the United States. It, it happens at the major league soccer level, too. You know, that's just it's just something that happens, you know. Now, Brian, uh, the Savannah Clovers FC have been in the UPSL since its inception back in 2016. Uh, can you give us some insights about your club's experience in the United Premier Soccer League and how it's gone so far? Uh, it's been it's been a, a good experience. It's been a good experience. Uh, we we were fortunate enough to play for a number of years in UPSL. Uh, we played a majority of our years in the um, UPSL Mid Atlantic Conference so long teams such as Low Country United, uh, Chelsea United, um, Soda City, and San Lee FC and Combine Rush. So we've played in that league for a while. It's been a great experience for our players because we have a, a lot of players here that are you know either former pro or former college players or just you know really 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 good high school players that have played with us and been able to you know, play the game they want, have fun, you know, get a good experience traveling and improve their game. So UPSL, UPSL is, is a very, very good league if you want to really, really develop talent, especially kids that are sort of, especially kids that are sort of, you know, coming back from college or, you know, in college too, they can keep their, keep their fitness and everything. Um, the experience traveling has been great, going to different clubs, going to different cities and stuff like that. So, UPSL, I definitely would. If if you're a lower league, if you're if you're someone that's thinking about you know starting an amateur club, you know definitely look at UPSL and see what they have to offer. There's so many clubs around the country that travel. You know, in most cases, travel travel shouldn't be an issue. That's right, Brian. And as my audience knows, for Nice Today FC, before I joined Chicago House and worked for them, I was with Inter Orlando Academy, which was a team in the UPSL in the Florida division. And as you mentioned with travel, I mean, for us, we pretty much were in the uh, Metro Orlando area. A lot of teams in those big cities are in that area. And for Savannah, you know, you have little short trips here and there uh, going across the, the Southeast. So no, the, the UPSL, how they have it structured, especially geographically for the clubs, uh, makes it work out great. Yeah, exactly. That's, um, it's, it's, it's great that they have so many teams because it, it really gives a, you know, a higher, a higher feeling to this than just, you know, Sunday league, not to say anything bad about Sunday league, but, you know, for us, you know, when we first started, we start, we started actually playing in Sunday league, um, as the Clovers. Um, and so we grew from there and went to UPSL. Once we got to UPSL, we were fortunate enough to pull, you know, a lot of the great players that played on Sunday league into our team. And so that made our team a lot better when we would travel to Charleston or travel to, um, Tallahassee sometimes or travel to uh, Columbia, North Carolina. We were able to, we were able to bring some of the top players in Savannah 
um, and um, roster them on our team. Brian, when you were evaluating leagues to go pro, of course we know there's USL Championship, USL League One, NISA, and of course other leagues. What led you to ultimately decide to choose to choose uh, NISA to as that next step? Well, yeah, it, it, I think I think it's just you know basically a continuation of the relationship we've already had with NISA um, back before the pandemic started. Um, you know, we had we had a couple of we had some plans to really really start pushing our amateur team, um, and then the pandemic hit, right? And so soccer just sort of just went you know put for a while. Um, and so the next thing we know after, you know, a couple of weeks, a couple of months, you know, we got a call from, from Chad Nuger asking about, you know, maybe trying to put together a, a small tournament. Um, little, little did we know that was the beginning of, you know, the 2020 NISA independent cup. Um, and so that relationship with Chad Nuger, that's, that's, that's been there for a couple of years, um, that turned into a relationship with NISA. Um, so even even back then, we were you know looking at NISA to say you know looking at NISA and like this is an interesting league you know they're about independent clubs you know they're a league that's you know looking to push the boundaries when it comes to promotion and relegation. So from from the beginning, we've had a, a really really good relationship with NISA. Um, after the twenty twenty, you know they sort of came back to us just a few weeks later and say hey you know we're going to do this again next year. We want you guys to be a part of it again. Um, and so, you know, going back to 2020 Independent Cup, you know, all the way up to now, you know, it's been a, we've been building our relationship with NISA. So it was sort of a no-brainer for us to, you know, stick with stick with NISA on this issue as far as going pro. Speaking of NISA Independent Cup, I know from what I've been hearing and speaking to Jonathan, of course, that tournament plans to get, you know, bigger and bigger. But I was, I know you guys played it in the tournament in 2020, 2021. I would say it's safe to assume you guys are going to be in the tournament again for uh, this year. As of right now, we are not competing in the 2022 Independent Cup, uh, NISA Independent Cup. We will not, we will not be funding a team. Um, I've had, you know, a lot of players ask and ask and ask, and I keep telling them the same thing. And more likely, it's going to be the same thing. We really don't have plans to do it this year. Uh, we think it's a, a fantastic tournament, you know, that, you know, bringing that that level of soccer um, to different, to smaller cities, cities around the country, you know, having amateur and professional teams play together in this U.S. Open Cup style um, tournament really gives a lot of uh, opportunities to players and, and lower league clubs, especially the amateur ones. Um, for us, for 2022, you know, our focus is straightforward on, you know, building our club, building our front office for, you know, our pro launch in 2023. You know, that's a, of course, that's the, that's our biggest priority. And it's, it's not that we can't do both. Um, it's just that we want to make sure that our front office and our plans are going as best as possible um, for our launch in 2023. And then at the same time, we, we really don't want to, you know, confuse the market as far as our amateur team versus our professional team. Got it. So just to confirm, you guys are going to focus on getting ready for pro next year for 2023. So you guys are going to not play in the Nisa Independent Cup this year. And does that mean you're also not going to play in the, in the UPSL this year as well? 
Correct, correct. As, as of right now, no plans to play in the Independent Cup and, and no plans to compete in the UPSL uh, this fall. Got it, got it. No, that, that totally makes sense. And we've seen some clubs take a, a year to you know get ready for that pro level. And like you said, you got to hire front office. You got to hire a uh, new staff. You got to market your team in, in Savannah and sign players. So, no, I, I, I totally get it from a business perspective. Brian, yeah. what does it mean to you to be the first club to play professional soccer in the city of Savannah? Well, yeah, it, it's it's pretty remarkable. Let me make a distinction there. Uh, we're the first outdoor club, first pro outdoor club to play. A number a number of years ago, there was a indoor soccer club called the Savannah Rugrats. Um, they only lasted a season. They played at the Savannah Civic Center, but technically they were pro. Technically, they were first. They were indoor, but we're outdoor. So in that regard, yeah, we're first. Um, I just wanted to clear it up because I think a lot of people, a lot of people still remember the Rugrats here in Savannah. But um, yeah, it's it's uh it's pretty remarkable. Um, I'm pretty excited about what we can do. Um, this is something that you know, from how we how we view and, and experience soccer now in, in 2022. This is something that Savannah hasn't seen. Um, this is a great opportunity, not just for our club. It's a great opportunity for our city. It's a great opportunity for. Uh, the public here in Savannah is a great opportunity for uh, uh, youth soccer players and players that want to develop to become pro. Um, it's something that I believe the city needs. Um, Savannah could be like a very, very small international city with a soccer club. You know, we're 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 heading in that direction. Um, so it's it's pretty exciting. I I'm um, rearing the the get going. Uh, we got a lot of work to do. But I think at the end of the day, we'll have a product that um, on and off the field that uh, the fans and citizenry re- can really, really get behind. We've seen many clubs, Brian, talk about being involved in the community and you know helping to make their community a better place through uh, the game of soccer. So for the Savannah Clovers FC, what type of community outreach programs do you guys do in the city? to connect with the community? Well, in the past, we've, we've done uh, food drives. In the past, we've done um, neighborhood cleanups. It was something that we wanted to ramp up, of course, you know, prior to COVID. Once COVID hit, it sort of, for us, it sort of went out the window, you know, to focus on, you know, what was going on with the pandemic and making sure that, you know, our players are all good. Um, it's, it just got to the situation where, that sort of interaction wasn't ideal at that moment. Many of many of the schools here in Savannah um, have reached out and, and asked about us, which is good. Um, but outside of that, I would say the soccer community is, is pretty excited about it. Um, one thing that we need to do is really, really, um, you know, as far as our outreach are, really, really engage um, sort of the Sunday leagues and the local soccer scene here to get them pumped about it. Um, that's a, that's a huge part of huge part of a huge part of soccer here in Savannah, not just the academies, not just the high school soccer and middle school soccer, but Sunday league soccer too is a, is a big part. Now, Brian, do you have some type of inspiration? I know Savannah Clovers FC, they view themselves as a supporter slash community based soccer club, but is there like another club model that maybe you feel you're similar to like 
I mean, uh, Chattanooga FC. I know you talked about them earlier, but as a comparison, or do you feel your club, what you're striving for is going to be totally different? No, I mean, you know, going back, you know, years and years ago, you know, I was inspired by, you know, the likes of Chattanooga FC, the likes of Georgia Revolution, the likes of Detroit City back in the day, you know, you know, forming my thoughts on forming a club. Um, as far as, you know, Chattanooga and, and Detroit, they, they've done a very, very specific thing as far as selling off portions of their clubs to their fans. And, you know, that's the, you know, that's the, the Bundesliga model uh, that's prevalent in Germany, correct? You know, so something like that, you know, for us, I could see us doing that, but I could see us, I only see us doing that years and years from now. Um, I think for us, we want to sort of sort of build up what we have um, and keep that momentum going. And if it's right, if the time's right, if we're in the right place, then we can look, look at opening up, opening something up like that uh, to fans. But those things, those things that Chattanooga's done and, and what Detroit's done, it took them years to get to that point. You know, it took them years to build that fan base and, and, and build that organization it really, really bringing the community to support them. Um, that's taken them years, right? So for us, it's going to take us years too, uh, because even though, like we talked earlier, when it came when it comes to you know the growth of soccer in the southeast, from Orlando all the way to Charlotte, for Savannah, that type of that level of soccer, that pro level, is is pretty new. Um, so we would have to you know continue on our model. You know, with a strong front office, you know, with a strong on the field presence, really, really build the fan base, really, really build up our presence in the community. And then, you know, if it's a situation where, you know, we've we've reached capacity, so to speak, where we can, you know, be put ourselves in a situation where we can, you know, address fans' concerns as far as whether or not we want to own a piece of the club, then that's something that we can definitely think about and do. Um, I think I think you're going to see it more and more. In lower league clubs, especially youth clubs. Yeah, Brian, like they say, one step at a time. And as you mentioned, Chattanooga FC and Detroit City FC, a lot of those two clubs in particular, a lot of new clubs try to inspire to be at that level. Like you mentioned, it took them, both of those clubs have been around for a decade. It took them that long just to get to become pro and have fan ownership and everything. And, you know, like yeah. you said, you know, build, take it one step at a time, build it up, and then once you get to like the attendance and numbers and revenue, all that good stuff, then you can look at giving some type of fan ownership to the club, which I think is pretty cool because I would like to see that more often, yeah. especially in lower division soccer. Right, right, and you know, you know, like I said earlier, soccer, soccer has changed so much over the years. You know, for it took Chattanooga like ten years or so to get the pro. Right. For us, it's taken five years. So that interest in soccer has grown so much to where a club can go from amateur in, in the, the right situation. You know, for us, you know, almost in a perfect situation, right, where a club can go from amateur to pro within five years, just because the mechanism, the mechanisms like NISA, you know, at that level is there for a team to jump from amateur to pro within five years. Something That's something that Chattanooga didn't have, you know, years ago. They didn't have that mechanism. So there was, um, NESL was around, but NESL was second division, right? And it was just, I'm not sure of the expansion fees or, you know, all those numbers associated with NESL, but I'm pretty sure it was a pretty, you know, high high bar across 
to get into that league as far as, you know, expansion and fees and, and going pro, you know. Brian, I remember a few months ago, back in December, I was doing, when I was recording my show, I was posting, what is your New Year's resolution for uh, NISA for 2022? After right. <laughs> a crazy, after a crazy year they had in, in 2021. And I remember you asked me about that you felt for NISA, they should look into maybe doing a streaming partnership with YouTube. So now that I know you're going to be in NISA starting next year, I was just curious, have you had conversations with the league about maybe uh, streaming partnerships like for, for broadcasting with YouTube or maybe other streaming platforms? No, I, I'm, I'm still a baby when it comes to uh, any sort of talks or negotiations with the league. <laughs> when it comes to things like that but uh yeah yeah i, I do remember uh making that one of my resolutions for for nisa yeah i i i think i think um you know the league could have success there um youtube of course it's a, it's a very very popular uh streaming platform i'm sorry um video platform um a lot of people use it of course it, it comes on everyone's phone you know from jump street so you know for me you know I would love to see our games broadcast on YouTube or, or I would love to see, you know, Lisa form a partnership with YouTube or something like that to where our games are, are, are broadcast streamed live on, on YouTube. I've got a lot of resolutions I would like, you know, to see, uh, in Nisa that can, that can help improve the league and, and bring about, um, some quality, quality longevity for the league. Well, let's hear it, Brian. Uh, now you got me intrigued. Uh, I know you talked about YouTube, but since we're on topic, what, what other things you, since you're going to be joining Nisa, you like to see them maybe improve on or maybe some other areas they can look at? I would, I would like to see, and I, I tweet about this every, every now and then. I would like to see a league cup in, in Nisa. Um, and I think something like that, you know, after like the MLS version, like an MLS leagues cup. Well, no, 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 more, more like a, not like a, a league cup between, well, like, say for instance, Nisa, you know, expands and expands and expands to where they, the two leagues, right? Where, where Nisa, of course, Nisa is trying to get to, um, you know, promotion and relegation system, mm-hmm. you know, within Nisa, you know, if it's a, if it's a, you know, a, a, a league tournament between, you know, quote unquote Nisa Premier and quote unquote Nisa B, where your top team from, from last year plays the, the very, very bottom team in Nisa B in a tournament-style League Cup within Nisa. Um, I think that would be pretty cool. I just don't know if there's enough space, enough time in the soccer calendar to make something like that happen, especially since we have the Nisa Independent Cup and the U.S. Open Cup. I just don't know if there's enough time um, in the soccer calendar for something like that. No, that's a fair point. And Nisa changed their, their calendar format because before it was a fall spring now it's a full year, right? Like, like, right. like this year, twenty twenty two, a full year uh, calendar, similar to MLS and currently uh, the USL uh, leagues. So, but no, I like the idea a leagues cup uh, between like uh, Nisa Premier or Nisa Pro and Nisa Nation, some that type of thing. You know, that'd be pretty cool. What else you got? What else I got? Um, I got. I think that's it. I think that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, just the YouTube and the, the League's Cup. But no, that's that's great. That's great. Well, Brian, like I said, you you got uh you you're spending this year to prepare your team going pro, so you got plenty of time. I'm I'm sure you're friends with, you know, Steve Johnson and 
the commissioner, John Perucci, and all those guys. So just keep sending them your, your resolutions um, as they as they go. Hey, no problem, man. Hey, keep keep uh, keep engaging fans and, and keep ask, asking questions uh, about Nisa. You know, ask, keep asking the fans, your your listeners. You know, what we want to see in the league, how we want to see the league grow. Um, it's it's a great contribution that you got going that you and a lot of other uh, podcasts um, have going to help grow Nisa. So. You know, I, I'm here to grow Nisa. You're here to grow Nisa. Let's let's keep working together and, and make sure uh, the league has a has a positive future. Well, that sounds good to me, Brian. Uh, one more question before I let you go: What's next in Savannah Clover's FC's uh, process, as far as like maybe a potential timeline, as far as news about maybe hiring a coach, uh, adding front office staff, or maybe uh, player signings? Yeah, I, I would say player science are going to come a little further down the line. Um, right, right now um, we're looking at um, we're looking into uh, coaches right now, um, and I would say we're going to start looking into front office staff uh, very soon to get things going. We we hope to start making some announcements um, probably in April or May. All right, well, you heard it here first, guys. We only have to wait a couple more months before we get some news on Savannah Clovers FC and their next steps as they prepare to go pro in NISA in 2023. Uh, Brian Sykes, uh, thanks again for taking time out of your evening to join us today. No problem, Josh. I appreciate the time. Thank you. And that was the co-founder and vice president of Savannah Clover's FC, Brian Sykes. Want to thank him for taking time to join us for our episode. And with that, that'll conclude today's show. If you have any suggestions, feedbacks, or comments, please DM me on Twitter at JT underscore Taylor 88. And if you're a fan of the show and want to keep up with the latest updates, please follow us on our Facebook page, at Nisa Today FC. We're also on Instagram at Nisa underscore Today FC and on Twitter at Nisa underscore Today FC. Well, you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend and I'll see you next time.